0: Rise on time. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports from the preps. It's not one, but it's two back-to-back state titles for the Goodland Cowgirls. To the pros. Kick on the way. It is up. And good. It's good. The Wildcats are champions of the big- Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. And Massey hits it high and deep to right field. Sheets is back. He is all the way back, and it's over his glove. And Michael Massey has done it again to the White Sox. Struck him out! The Braves are the kings of the East yet again. Six straight division crowns for Atlanta. 3-2 pitch is hit pretty well to left center field. It's got a chance. It is out of here. Touch him all time. Nolan Jones. Number 16. Understand. And 0 2 hit a long way to left field. Back goes Taylor at the wall. It is gone. A three run home run for Luis Campisano. Puts the Padres on top, 4 0 to in LA. Good Thursday morning. It is the morning blitz on 1025 You Rock, AM 730, Fox Sports Tri State. Also, of course, online. At NWKSradio.net and the Rocking M app. So glad you're with us here on this Thursday morning, September the 14th. Cloudy overcast start to the day. Temperatures in the upper 50s to low 60s with our high expected to be in the mid-70s. Been a beautiful week of weather. That's going to continue into tomorrow with looks like some chances of some precipitation on Friday. Uh, and then we'll get into like Saturday and Sunday and a little bit temperatures maybe rising up into the 80s and looks like we might have some 80-degree temps next week but still as long as it doesn't get back in the 90s i'll be fine with it i'll be okay with it but i will admit i have thoroughly enjoyed as i've said i'm pretty sure every day this week really enjoyed this much cooler weather today's program our good friend from the kansas city star not trey slata who joined us yesterday he will it will be jesse newell will join us and we'll be talking kansas city chiefs football Chris Jones is back in the boat there at Kansas City. What does that mean for the Chiefs going forward? Travis Kelsey, is he ready to go this weekend when they face off against the Jaguars? And so we'll get the thoughts and the inside information from our friend Jesse Newell, who covers the Kansas City Chiefs for the KC Star. So that's coming up on today's program. We will get to our NFL Power 5 top five games I've got my eye on here this week. Uh, including that uh, Chiefs-Jaguars game, which I think ought to be pretty darn good. So we'll get to the NFL Power 5 coming up in the back end of the show. Uh, Do you want to... The NFL slate does kick off... that Week 2, the NFL slate does get going tonight. Vikings and Eagles. Two interesting things there. You've got the Vikings, who lost their first game. I think they lost their first game of the year to Baker Mayfield, which was a surprise, and, and, and the Tampa Bay Bucks. And then, of course, you got the Eagles team, which beat the Patriots. are up to a 1-0 start, but the defending NFC champs looked a little sluggish, maybe. Uh, and sometimes, you know, it's it's hard to get—let's well, get a season is judged in its totality. Not in Week 1, not in Week whatever, 13, it doesn't matter. It's judged in its totality. Eagles are still a very quality team. Uh, I think they're probably going to make a run another Super Bowl here this year. They've got enough talent there to get that done. But uh, that's Thursday Night Football tonight on Prime Video. I know last week the Chiefs and Lions were on NBC. We now go to Thursday Night Football on Prime with Al Michaels. Do you believe in miracles, Al Michaels? And uh, Kirk Herbstreit on the call tonight there. Uh, plenty of good local news today to get to. And so let's highlight that real quickly with the front page. Read all about it. Read all about it. The top stories of today. I got the early edition. hot off the press. It's the front page on the Morning Blitz. Front page, really? Starting with Colby Community College Volleyball. They have really racked up the awards so far through the first part of the season from the KJCCC. That is now extended into the national scene uh, as two players earned weekly honors from both the conference and from the NJCAA. For their performances this past weekend playing down in Hobbs, New Mexico at the New Mexico Junior College Classic, Uh, you had libero Lily Rose Pichon. I think is how you say her name, uh, was the defensive player of the week, while Anna Gazero, who is the setter, was named the setter and offensive player of the week. Pichon earned defensive player of the week with a total of 99 digs and 17 sets, and Gazero Provided 178 assists in 17 sets and is currently 4th in the NJCAA in assists with 608. So a great starting year so far for the 11-5 Lady Trojans. 3-1 in league play. I got some, you know, they were a young team last year that kind of took some lumps. They've returned a lot of those pieces. Both those girls, I believe, are sophomores that are back for their second year. And uh, they're really showing their, uh, how do I say, their skills and their experience here in year number two for them. Colby, by the way, was off yesterday, didn't play. They will play on Saturday down at Hutch, which will be a pretty good match between those two teams. Big news in Kansas high school athletics yesterday. And I don't know, once again, how much this impacts our region. We'll find out in the coming years. But the Kansas State High School Activity Association approved a change to something that had been in place for over 60 years. And it has to do with baseball and softball. So with a pretty demanding, with a pretty convincing vote, uh, 40 42-17 in baseball, 48-11 in softball. Keisha is allowing teams to now play 26 regular season games, jumping it up from what is now the maximum of 20, which has been the rule since 1965. Here's the thought on, here's a couple thoughts on this. I have no problem with being allowed to play six more games for each baseball and softball team out there. I think for teams in the cities and in the metro areas, your Wichita schools, your Salina schools, your Kansas City schools, the ones that are near the big metropolitan areas, I don't see this as being a humongous deal because there are more schools there and you'll be able to find some more clubs to play. This, I think, will be a little bit more of a challenge. Now, once again, it says you can play up to 26, which means you don't have to play 26, but you can play up to 26. So I could see schools in the metro area and in the higher population areas where there are more schools that play baseball and softball, I could see them adding more games and going all the way up to 26. Can totally see that. I don't know if I see it as much out here. Trying to get 20 games in... Out here in a and and against a you know what is a limited selection pool of teams can be challenging. Now might you add a, a game or, or a series or two, possibly? But you know honestly, if you think about it, if you're going from 20 to 26 games, that's really just three more days of series. Could you play double headers each time? At least that's the way it is out here. So maybe they add another series or two to get up to 22 or 24. I don't know. Be an interesting question for athletic directors and, and for baseball and softball coaches. Do they want more games? Because sometimes with you when you have a limited pitching staff, uh, that's hard to get those many games in because you got to rest certain guys, and and that's that's hard to get it when you don't have a great depth in the pitching department, especially in baseball with the pitch count. But I also think once again it's a bigger issue out here in the western side of the state where there's just not as many schools to pick from, where you don't have to drive all the way into you know, Salina and South to play opponents, which isn't a problem to do that maybe once or maybe even twice. I have a one time you got to go there and one time they uh, another team from over there has to come out here. But, I don't know, we'll see. I'll be intrigued to see if they add some more games or not. Another thing that's been interesting, you know, is getting 20 games in sometimes is hard because of the weather. You know, you start at the end of March and it's pretty darn cold, to be honest with you. And let's face it, you have to be done by a... Memori- by, uh, by Memorial Day, because that's when state is. So you're trying to squeeze in more games. That takes away more days of school, because it's pretty much a full day being gone. You know, series start in the early afternoons. So you take away a good... And that doesn't include travel time for the road teams. so... Yeah, I, I appreciate uh, Tess Smith, the Goodland Cowgirls softball coach, chiming in, still trying to fill 20 games. Like I said, yeah, it's, it's going to be more difficult for teams out here to find and fill 20 games and trying to fill... You know, three more series or getting six or whatever you want to do that to get six more games in is going to be a challenge. So, like I said, I think this mostly impacts, you know, your Wichita schools, your Salina schools, uh, especially your Kansas... The bigger metropolitan areas that have more schools and have more teams and have more depth on such teams, this will be a big deal for them. But I think it's a challenge to get 20 games in in what is pretty much... If you think about it, I I mean, what, a month and a half? Really? I mean, that's about what it is. The last week of March, all of April, and then a week or two in May, a week and a half in May. Hard to get that in. That's probably the biggest thing. Um, You know, it's different in other states a little bit. Um, They were talking and comparing it to other states on Keisha Covered and... Well, they were talking I'll-, I'll have to pull that up but they were talking about you know Nebraska and Iowa and and how they compare to Kansas and how they let them play more uh, games to pull that up here real quickly and take a take a peek at this and see what see what I was re- I was reading this yesterday I was gonna see if I can find more information they were talking about the other schools and comparing it Nebraska allows its high school and baseball softball teams to play more than 30 games. Missouri allows 26 games. Oklahoma, 37. Iowa, 40. Well, I know one thing about Iowa. Iowa plays in the summer. Like, they don't have baseball and I don't know. They might have softball in the fall. But I know baseball-wise, they play that in the summertime. So you play high school ball during the summer. So they might have track and field in the spring. You play baseball in the summer months. So probably starting in, I would guess, late May is when they get their season going. And then they compete through June and end up probably at the end of July, early August. And get a month off before they start football. I know that's how Iowa does it. I don't know about Oklahoma or Missouri uh, for sure. I, I feel Nebraska does it like Kansas. They just allow to play more than 30 more games. But you have to realize, in Nebraska, this is not a... There are There's a team in Kearney. And I think that's the furthest west team uh, in my recollection. Now, Nebraska has also expanded. It used to just be Class A, Class B. Well, now they have Class C. And so I don't know who all, who all the teams are in Class C now. But when I was growing up, it was just Class A and Class B, which were the two biggest classifications. And, you know, those schools were mostly from, you know, the furthest east or the furthest west school, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, was uh, – Maybe in Seward. Maybe. I mean, that's just outside of Lincoln. So most of them are just in that little pocket around Omaha and Lincoln for baseball. Now, I think it's grown a little bit. But like I said, when you get to being out here where there's less population, less schools, and a lot of schools that don't do baseball and softball, this is one of those deals that, uh, you know, you can add a few games. That's fine if you're Kansas. I just don't think it impacts uh, the people in our listening region that much. But still, interesting news from Keisha yesterday. Approving baseball and softball schedules to go from 20 games a year to up to 26 if they want to so once again i think more in the metropolitan areas less out here busy day of cross country today in local sports we have the Joaquini trigo cross country that's where goodland is going as well as oakley hoxie wallace county st francis quinter Triplane, brewster some great teams there let me tell you Quinter's got one of the best teams in all of the smallest classification, both boys and girls. They're top two. Wallace County has some phenomenal runners uh, there in their program. Hoxie's got a phenomenal program, on both, on, especially on the boys' side, that's really, really good. Uh, so that's going to be a really tough meet there in Joaquini with their cross-country meet today. Uh, you have the Hayes cross-country invite. That's where Colby is going, as is Golden Plains. Uh, and Decatur Community uh, cross-country running up at the McCook. Cross-country invite today. So three different spots where area runners will be competing in cross-country. And then as far as I know, and I could be wrong, I've been wrong before this year already multiple times. I feel like the schedule changes after I check it in the late summer. But Colby uh, and Hoxie is hosting a triangular with Colby and McCook today, which ought to be a good test for all those teams. McCook is a solid program. Colby's a solid program. Hoxie's a really good one. Should be a good test for all three of those at the Hoxie triangular between Colby and McCook. Once again, that's going on uh, today in your local sports scene. Let's moving on here on the front page. On to the Diamond. How about the Rockies and the Royals? They both win a series on the same day. I don't think it's the first time it's happened this season, but I bet I can count on one, ta- one hand how many times it has happened. Uh, that is for sure. The Rockies get it done with four long balls. One of them by Chris Bryant, who had a home, who's had home runs in back-to-back games against his former team. Uh, Colorado beats the Cubs 7-3. Nolan Jones, Ilaris Montero each hit a two-run homer in a four-run fifth. Ryan McMahon homered and finished with three hits for Colorado. So they take two out of three from a playoff contending team in the Cubs. And for the Rockies, it's their first series win for Colorado since taking two of three from the White Sox in mid-August. Colorado will begin a four-game home series with the Giants beginning tonight. That's got a lot of playoff implications, especially from the Giants' side. So if the Rockies want to play spoiler, they got to pick up a few wins. As for the Royals, same type of situation. Michael Massey, he had a homer for the second consecutive night. Salva Perez had three hits in the game, and the Royals win 7-1 over the White Sox. Massey, Perez, Bobby Witt Jr., Nick Laughlin all drove in two runs apiece. And four pitchers combined to limit Chicago to just one run on five hits while striking out nine. Alec Marsh getting the win uh, in relief. Royals have won back-to-back series over the White Sox and actually take the season series over the Chicago White Sox 7-6, to six, heading into an off day. I'm telling you right now, if you're the White Sox, I mean the Rockies and the Royals, record-wise, are the worst two teams in baseball. But boy... The White Sox have to feel pretty bad because they lost to the worst two teams in baseball in the season series. Those are three really, really, really bad baseball franchises. The Royals, the Rockies, and the White Sox right now. Not good at all. Uh, Let's see here. Couple more stops. Oh, one more thing on baseball. I forgot to mention, there is a playoff team. A playoff team has clinched a spot, or I should say a playoff spot has been clinched. That would be the more correct way of saying it in Major League Baseball, as the Braves uh, get a win over the Phillies last night. And the Braves have clinched the first postseason spot. They have won the NL East for the sixth consecutive uh, year. Looking at the playoff race right now, Baltimore with a two-game lead over Tampa Bay. Minnesota with a seven-and-a-half lead over the Guardians. Uh, you've got Houston with a one-game lead over the Rangers. The Rangers lost Max Scherzer, it looks like, for the rest of the season more than likely. So that's a big loss for the Rangers, who are still just a game out. That West, uh, AOS is still in, a, in, still in uh, flux. Like I mentioned, the Braves clinched yesterday. I mean, they were way ahead. They were going to clinch. The Brewers with a four-game lead on the Cubs at this point in time. And the Dodgers probably more than likely the next team to clinch. They are 13 games up on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Really, the wild card is the thing to watch with three teams trying to make it in. In the American League, you've got the Braves who are sitting... Sorry, the Rays who are sitting rather comfortably. The Rangers with the half-game lead on the Mariners. The Blue Jays right there with a game behind Seattle. So there's really a four-team race with uh, about what two weeks left to go in the regular season. And then you've got a very intriguing race in the National League. It's it's it is neck and neck. It has been for over the last month and a half. Philadelphia with a three and a half lead game lead in the in the wild card. Cubs are up two. Then you've got the Reds and the Diamondbacks tied for that third spot. And then you've got the Giants and the Marlins each a half game back of the Reds and Diamondbacks. It is an unbelievable National League wild card race. For that final spot. Really the final two spots. The Cubs could falter a little bit. And any one of the Reds, Diamondbacks, Giants, Marlins could end up getting into the, one of those last two spots. I think the Phillies have got it unless they falter really badly in the last week. But man, what a race in the National League Wild Card! That is for sure. That is something to keep your eye on. It's very, very entertaining. Uh, and wrapping up here with the news surrounding Aaron Rodgers, who said in an Instagram post yesterday that he is back. Really... Judging by what you read on social media and from what Aaron Rodgers put on Instagram, this is a guy who's heartbroken. A guy who, you know, and I think if you watched Hard Knocks, you kind of got this feeling that this was a guy that was re- rejuvenated, re-energized by go- getting away from Green Bay and getting into the big city. You know, not all eyes were not, and there's still a lot of eyes on it, but not as many eyes were on him because he was in the big city. He was playing with a probably more talented team. He had a very very good up-and-coming wide receiver that impressed him and garrett wilson and four plays in his season is over with an achilles injury and you know i think rogers said that he was you know really kind of emotionally moved by all the messages and stuff that people have sent to him wishing him the best and and it sounds like as if he's going to make a comeback and try to play next year which you know good for him Here's my biggest thing that I want to see out of Aaron Rodgers. Now, I don't know the recovery process for an Achilles. I'm guessing he'll be on one of those scooters for a while. But I would love to see Aaron Rodgers on the field, helping coach Zach Wilson and helping coach uh, you know, the, the the offense a little bit. He's great buddies with Nathaniel Hackett. They both know that offense inside and out. Why don't you, when you get yourself in a good enough position to be able to wheel around on the cart or stand on your own on crutches... Wear a headset, come here and help a young quarterback succeed in an offense that you know better than anything. That's what I'd like to see out of Rodgers. He's always kind of been an okay team, been a great teammate. Um, but I think that would be so cool to see him there to help Zach Wilson as much as he can. But the Jets playoff hopes have been dashed, or Super Bowl hopes have been dashed. I'm not playoff hopes, but super bowl hopes I'm pretty sure are dashed. But it'd be great to see Rodgers go there and help a young quarterback that has struggled mightily through the first couple of years of his tenure in the NFL, help him find his way. That'd be really cool to see. Will Rodgers be that great co- that great mentor and coach? Even though Rodgers is going to try and come back and play next year, which is fine, but I think it'd be great to see him help mentor a young quarterback. And uh, I'd like to see Rodgers try and do that. So we'll see about that pushing forward. So there you go. That's the front page here on the Morning Blitz. Good news this morning uh, across the sports world. Some interesting news as well. All right, we have the NFL Power 5 coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, where I'll get to my top five games my eye on this weekend. One of them, of course, is tonight with Thursday Night Football. But up next, we visit with our good friend from the Kansas City Star. Back-to-back days of KC Star writers. This one, Jesse Newell, our old-time friend. One of our first-time guests here on the Morning Blitz going back many years. He'll be joining us next to talk Kansas City Chiefs as Chris Jones is back in the building Where's Travis Kelsey at? How are the Chiefs responding to a season opening loss on Banner Night? We'll get to all that next here on the Morning Blitz. Stick around.